about Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know Spending time all alone Sending my songs through the phone Dream of a better home We want focused on trying to hone This craft Witchcraft I hope the brujas Let this last Love the cup on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself Prestige. My partner in crime's not in the building today, but he will be in with us this Friday. His name is EZ Blues, but it's not about us. It's about our guest today. His name is Raheem Nelson, and he's always looking to take his creative talents to the next level. Raheem, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you. Thank you for having me, Preston. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the type of art that I do. Super excited. Now, what got you into art? What make you? What made you, if I could barely speak, uh, pick up that pen or pick up that pencil or that crayon or that paintbrush and make it into a great career out of for yourself? Talk to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I love talking about um, just the history and the trajectory of uh, how I got into the arts. And, you know, the short answer is, you know, which I'll expand upon, too, is, is comic books. You know, I love... <laughs> comic books and cartooning and that was my first foray into art you know um just like archie comics marvel comics for the most part mm -hmm. uh, you know, sonic the hedgehog huge fan of sonic the hedgehog and dc comics a little bit you know my parents would uh draw for me uh when i was younger like six and then uh earlier than that as well and i really just got into it quickly you know started picking up comic books and then even like from the business side of it too I would copy uh, the comics I would buy, you know, like certain panels and stuff like that until I started making my own. So like turning myself into a superhero and then like <laughs> getting into like the art of self-publishing. And, you know, I was like eight, nine, 10 years old. Like I didn't really know what self-publishing was about, but like I was doing it, you know, like uh, printing my own comics, uh, selling them in grade school, uh, like doing the, the writing, doing um, the, the drawing, the inking, the coloring, like all that stuff. Just so like I was really just teaching myself the business side of it and having fun and you know not really realizing that you know this was something that um could be a career until like a little later um mm -hmm. my mom and i went to it was like one of the comic book conventions in new york oh and, yes yeah 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 and my mom and i asked one of the panelists like oh you know my son is really into comics and everything like what's it look to like self-publish he's doing a b and c Mm -hmm. And then the lady was like, oh, your son's already doing all that stuff. So it was like <laughs> such a gratifying thing to hear that, you know, like even back then, you know, I was on this path to, you know, just be an artist and it was just in my blood. So like, I, I couldn't help it. Now, what was the name of your first comic book company? Uh, I think it was called Action Oriented. Okay. Uh, like really heavily inspired by like Wolverine, Spider-Man, X-Men. So like, I kind of just took all of that and then put it into my own comics. I did uh, one comic about like mainly superheroes, myself and like a whole team of superheroes called like the Avengers. What was the superhero name? I don't remember to be honest, <laughs> it's so long. I only remember what my superhero name was, which was uh, Thunderbolt. And cool. Thunderbolt was like, you know, kind of like a Spider-Man-esque superhero, but like you could fly, super strength, that kind of thing, like the classics. And then from doing that, I transitioned into a few different genres, you know, because mm -hmm. I was doing so many different things, uh, like superhero genre and then like the spy genre. And then like, you know, the high fantasy, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien-esque uh, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely loved making comic books. I think I started in grade school, like all the way through college, too. So wow. I loved it. Now, when you, when you talk about grade school and college, did you pick up different art programs? Did you major in art? Um, when you were in college and also that, tell me about that part of your life. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so I think I started to branch out and get into different types of art forms when I was going to the Educational Center for the Arts, mm. uh, which is on Audubon Street. Okay. So I'd be going to, you know, high school and everything, went to Wilbercross, and then afterward I would go to ECA. And I had no idea just how transformative ECA was going to be because you know, I had like a narrow focus, like cartooning, 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 <laughs> and they were doing everything from like studio photography to like, um, you know, being in dark rooms and stuff like that, which was amazing to pick up. Right. And I'm um, doing acrylic painting, uh, still life, 
Um, you also like drawing figures and everything, really getting uh, a handle on anatomy, which helped with the cartooning, mm -hmm. and then also getting into uh, oil painting. And then so that was like my foundation for art college. Mm. I ended up going to art college in New York, this place called uh, School of Visual Arts, which is okay. a prominent, prominent school, like very amazing. And the funny thing is like I majored in cartooning, but with everything I was learning and picking up, I think I would more define myself as an illustrator. Mm. And I take oil painting, I take uh, design, uh, cartooning, uh, all that stuff. And I just kind of merge it into the type of work that I'm doing now, like where you're getting a little bit of everything, like some of the things that I feel like I really excel at. And it definitely shows. I see it throughout your social media, um, just different types of artwork that you do, because um, I'm going to talk about the iPad art a little bit later. But um, mm -hmm. with all those oil paintings and stuff that you learned in high school and just a little bit in college as well, too, like you said, you build that foundation. Um, was that a lot of inspiration for the mural of your mother that you did? Oh, yeah. The one that's in progress right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Doing that mural for my mom, which mm -hmm. is a great opportunity because I'm getting to celebrate her Mexican heritage mm -hmm. and just kind of put something in her space where she can kind of like go into the backyard and everything and, um, you know, just really be uplifted. You know, like I love uplifting people with my art. So me working on this mural, and it's been a while since I've worked on any murals, you know, uh, before this, you know, I did something for Yale recently too, but the thing mm -hmm. bomb came first. And using, uh, I think we're using like uh, acrylics for, you know, like surfaces and everything was really uh, liberating because uh, I love working digital and there's just yeah. something about um, tactile media and, you know, getting your hands dirty and, you know, composing something in a sketch and then, you know, painting over it. So, so it's going really well so far. And um, it's just been really cool to kind of contribute to my mom in that way and give her a piece of art where she's just going to feel like going in the backyard. And uh, check it out. So yeah, definitely my um, college background, ECA, is informing the the stuff that I'm doing for this mural that's in progress. For the average Joe, what is tactile media? Okay, uh, tactile media. What I mean by that is like anything you can touch with your hands, like mm -hmm. uh, if you're developing film, or if you're using uh, oils, acrylics, if you're uh, doing sculpture, like any type of art that you're creating that you can you know touch is in the tangible world. Mm. Now. Tell me about other stuff that you find for inspiration besides just the world of fantasy and cartoons and everything. Um, Cause New Haven is such a bread just for culture. You see a lot of stuff going on. There's so much diversity mm -hmm. in this city. Um, what other stuff do you see for inspiration? Because um, I had last week, I had a uh, Lee Busby mm -hmm. on the show and he was just like anywhere. Like I get up, I walk around, I look outside and I see the person down the street, like everybody tells a story. Is the same mm -hmm. thing with you? Because photography and drawing are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll answer all of that. Um, so yeah, shout out to Lee Busby. Lee is mm -hmm. uh, definitely a close friend of mine and a frequent collaborator because um, nice. I'm really heavy into fashion too. And Lee and I have like a uh, reciprocal business partnership slash relationship where if he gets like new equipment, a new camera, a new lens, we're like, hey, let's go try it out. You know, I know you're modeling and everything and you want some stuff for like your, your fashion IG and stuff like that. Cause you know, I'm really, the, the fashion thing is like, I consider like a, another art form for me. So like Lee and I kind of collaborate in that way. And we had a studio photo shoot recently. Oh, and nice. I use these photos for uh, my website and my branding, just to kind of really showcase, you know, like high fashion and uh, illustration and, you know, doing all these things in the arts. You know, a friend of mine calls me an entrepreneur. Like I have all these different skill sets that mm -hmm. I bring to the table. And that's really like, I think the best way to describe it. You know, I'm somebody that loves to connect people. I'm somebody that loves to work with people either through consultation and that can look like fashion consultation that can look like uh, working on design, editorial illustration. So like so many things that encompass what I do. Um, so in terms of like inspiration, I think it's like people, uh, places, events, those are things that always inspire my work. Um, I have uh, self-published a few books over the years. Nice. Based about, um, thank you, uh, my commute 
from New Haven to New York because when I was going to art college in New York, I was commuting those four years, which was crazy. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> like, how much do you want this? And I really wanted it. I really wanted yeah. art education. So that involved getting up at five in the morning and you know grabbing those canvases that were not dry yet and getting on the Metro North to go to East 23rd Street. So you know that was a lot of work um, that, that just went into it, but you know absolutely worth it. So uh, you know New Haven and New York, I consider like my homes, and I get my creative energy from both places. Uh, more now, I think. New Haven, like I really have been tapping in and reconnecting with New Haven mm -hmm. and uh, uh, like organizations like the Arts Council that I've been doing work with and yeah. and Ideas and Art Space New Haven to like just kind of like having a foothold here and then using that to go to other places and network and do things like that. So that's been my trajectory lately. Yeah, and I've seen it. Um, how great did it feel to just have a mural at the shops at Yale? How, how exhilarating was that feeling? Oh, that was so cool. Like, shout out to the shops at Yale for that amazing opportunity and giving uh -huh. me free range to create uh, a piece of art that, you know, you can just go to Broadway and check out. Um, and it was just an amazing experience. It's always an amazing experience working with a client that really trusts you, like trusts mm -hmm. me as the artist. And you know, I, was, uh, I sent them um, a mock-up uh, sketch illustration that I did on my iPad. And I was like, okay, this is the direction that I wanna go in. And they absolutely loved it. And the design that was used for um, the mural was like, I guess you could say an extension of something that I did for Arts and Ideas, mm -hmm. which was a beer can label uh, I did for uh, their collaboration with Blackhawk Brewery, Mel mm. for the festival. So um, it's basically like my upbringing as a New Haven art based artist uh, from like past to present, like showcasing the New Haven Green, uh, the Palladium Building, which houses known co-working. I'm there uh, doing a lot of different events with them and doing some projects uh, recently, uh, lately. Um, what else I do? Uh, 195 Church Street, which is where the Arts and Ideas offices are, so you know, paying homage to them, and then different places uh, around New Haven. So just kind of taking what I had as a base and then building off of that. Uh, I think the major change I I made to the illustration that ended up in the mural was uh, having the Metro North train car, yeah. symbolizing me taking that artist journey to New York, and you know, sometimes I still do, um, to just kind of you know, create a pathway for myself as an artist. So all of that was put into the, the mural, which I was able to paint live at that event. And I think painting it live was uh, the most fun part because they gave me like a time constraint, you know, which is of course what I expected. And so it was like a performance. They were like, by this point, you should be done sketching. And by this point, you should have everything painted in. So mm -hmm. I went over a little bit, but I think- Does that get overwhelming? Um, I think it used to. I, I've been right. in high pressure situations over the years where I've had to paint for a, lar a large audience. So that fear kind of like vanished over time, you know, where <laughs> I don't mind being in front of people um, creating illustrations. And uh, one thing that comes to mind is when I was doing some work for Sony. Uh, Sony hired. Oh, wow. Yeah, huge gig. So, so yeah. very grateful. They hired me to do uh, portraits in, uh, I think, their New York City flagship store, like I think three of their stores. So I would have people come sit for me. And I was using a drawing tablet, not an iPad, but I was using one of the Sony tablets that they had. And so it was like I had to kind of get used to using this program. And I mm -hmm. used the program on my uh, iPad before, but like it's just like a different kind of language. So I had to like learn that real quick. And then people were sitting for portraits. And those portraits were being projected onto uh, the screen for everybody to see. So like everything had to be like super tight. And, you know, when you're drawing somebody, they might say like, well, you know, my, my nose is too big or you know, <laughs> I don't like the way this looks. And I'm trying to create flattering portraits. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people are going to have feedback or like, be very vocal about it. So I had to just like be able to pivot in that moment while it was being projected 
where the whole store can see. So much all at one time, you have to multitask. Yeah, yeah, a lot of multitasking. So gigs like that prepared me for um, drawing and painting in front of a live audience. Because like you're you're performing, like you are, you know, catering to your audience. You're creating a piece of art, and you know, like I I get a lot of questions when I'm creating art. So like I've gotten to the point where like I can be working on something and then be talking about it at the same time too. Now iPad-based art. Um, when I looked at your artwork for the first time, it was like pretty much honestly my introduction into it. I didn't know how big it was. Um, oh. Yeah, so I'm gonna give you like a little two-part question. Um, number one, how, how hard or how easy was it to learn it at first? And mm -hmm. tell me, how's it gonna be really big in the foreseeable years that, we're, that everybody's living in this world? So talk to me about that. Oh, okay, yeah, great questions. Mm -hmm. Um, so first I would say it was not easy. Okay. Um, it wasn't easy coming from somebody that had familiarity with uh Photoshop, not mm -hmm. really so much drawing tablets, because like it just wasn't something that I got into. I would create my comic books, scan them, and then color in Photoshop. I was never really like creating digital art like that. Like it was only to um ink and color like that was it so i knew i wanted an ipad when i saw one artist on youtube using uh this app called sketchbook pro from autodesk mm -hmm. I was like, oh you can draw on an ipad it's like i definitely need to buy one now <laughs> like, it's amazing so that caused me to want to buy it you know which i did yeah and i i started with sketchbook pro and then i downloaded i think like four to five other applications and i would say it probably took me like at least two to three months to master each mm -hmm. one, you know, before they feel comfortable with it. And um, I think for me, it was just like getting out of my own way, like just kind of see past that it's a drawing tablet, like just think about the art that is being created and why I want to create it. And this is just like a, a tool, uh, you know, to give me access to that. Like if you've got like a traditional camera that shoots film versus mm -hmm. a digital camera, like it's, it's a tool, it's a tool that you're using to convey something to your audience or, you know, for yourself too. So I think when I was able to let that go, everything else just kind of fell into place. And, you know, now I can kind of like go back and forth between the traditional art and the digital art. And for the most part, you know, my clients are commissioning uh, digital art, but, you know, I've been getting some traditional commissions too, which has been pretty cool. And it's just like, like learning another language. I think that's really uh, how it felt. For me like just practicing every day i'm online a lot like uh, twitter youtube instagram like all the platforms just to learn more about uh, these programs and everybody's learning now on wnhh lp 103.5 fm new haven myself prestige easy blues is not with us on the show but with us in spirit but we got the great raheem nelson in the building i hope it didn't lose your train of thought go right ahead raheem no no we're good we're good mm -hmm. um so yeah, just being on social media to soak up as much information as I could. Like the app that I uh, use mostly is uh, this app called Procreate. And it's okay. a team of uh, guys in uh, Australia, I believe. Uh, Savage is the company. And what I love about Procreate is that it lets me kind of tap into all the art backgrounds I have, like with uh, the oils, uh, the acrylics, uh, the, the cartooning background, the design background. And then illustration, like I've made everything from children's books to uh, digital oil paintings mm -hmm. to uh, logos just with this one app. So like I, that's amazing. Use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm able to like pretty much give any of my clients, you know, whatever they would need. So it's been like really cool. Um, in terms of the future, uh, yeah. one area I see really taking off is like 3D art. Um, oh, wow. Something that was uh, done, started to happen in a recent update to the Procreate application where you can kind of take objects that you are photographing or maybe it's something that's provided to you by the program and you can create an illustration on top of it. Excuse me. Like when I um, was designing uh, the beer can for Black Hog Brewery and Arts and Ideas, I kind mm -hmm. of made my own uh, mock-up of it just to see how it would look. In like a 3D space environment because I'm a very visual person. So it was like really cool. They're like, oh, your artwork's going to be on a beer can. 
and they gave me like the, the label and everything. So I would know where to draw and where all the text would go. But like, I still couldn't quite visualize it. I really needed to like, just go one step beyond that, you know, just to see how it would look in a 3D space. So uh, Procreate has like this can template mm -hmm. that you could download and put into the program. So I put the illustration that I created onto, um, I basically mapped it onto the can, meaning like, just with the curves and everything so like it was oh, okay. space. and so like i'm able to manipulate it and turn it around and just see how it look and it was really cool like i definitely want to experiment with that more and then uh the next thing i think is really going to take off in terms of ipad art is uh animation and oh, yeah. i have dabbled in animation um it's something that's very exciting to me also very time consuming so <laughs> just kind of balancing uh, doing that. I was uh, working on a uh, comic uh, mm -hmm. series uh, online for uh, a little bit called Little Robots. And Little Robots was uh, something that I created and wrote. And uh, my wife helped me out with the writing part of it too. Oh, cool. Characters. And so that helped me experiment with uh, animation. And it was like inspired by uh, Japanese manga animation. So the characters will have like these very exaggerated uh features and you know emotions and everything well i'm and, all familiar with uh, that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i worked on this one frame and i was so proud of myself for like you know figuring this part out. I, I actually let me see if i can pull it up it's oh, uh, absolutely i'm game this, this is pretty cool to see live yeah yeah yeah. it was basically a frame uh-huh it's like all the color washes out of the character's face mm. and i animated it and you know i figured out how to just put all the frames in the order that they were going to go. So when you're looking at it, you know, it very much reads as uh, somebody that is embarrassed for something that just went down. Let me see what this is. I have so much work. It's like, where do I keep all this stuff? If you can but, go uh, back to your yeah. younger self and just tell them about all the amazing technology and stuff that you use just to create your artwork, would that younger self of you think you're just so crazy right now? Yeah, yeah, my younger self would definitely be blown away. <laughs> yeah. It's just like if I really just sat down and stopped, it's like I've got a drawing tablet. Mm -hmm. I can create any type of art that I want virtually. If I want to send it to somebody in Japan, I could. Like just touch wow. of a button. Like just so cool that I'm able to do that. And I think I found it here too. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. So this is my iPad, and this is um. Oh, that's pretty cool. Main character, you know, model, <laughs> <laughs> and everything. And at the bottom, mm. there are like keyframes. So each one is oh, okay. copied, and then if I play it, it's just gonna show the action of you know this person's uh, you know the color washing out of the space. See. Oh wow! It just loops. Yeah, that's cool. Can, thank you. I can set it up in a way where you know I can slow it down, I can speed it up, mm -hmm. and uh, this is pretty sophisticated. That you know you can do animation. So I think that's something I want to dabble with more uh, mm -hmm. in my work. Is just kind of doing animated stuff and you know just adding it to the repertoire of things that I have. And you got a lot of material. But, you know, let's just go back down to Mary Lane, look, let's take DeLorean to the past. Mm -hmm. um, how difficult was it just getting that client base? Because you're an entrepreneur, you have your own company. I mean, you're going out there and people are, I think at this point, now you can correct me if I'm wrong, people are coming to you now because they see this amazing work that you're doing. But how hard it was just like starting off and just trying to get that potential seller uh, just to get in your artwork because you learned a lot of your stuff in New York. And I think New York is pretty competitive when it comes to art. Am I right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Um, so to answer that, I'll say it's always a constant process. And yeah. I definitely noticed a shift with how um, the community, uh, especially New Haven, you know, because this is where I work for the most part, yeah. uh, has responded to my work. I'm getting a lot of, oh, I've seen your work before. And I know you from the Arts and Ideas mural. I've seen your work at Shops at Yale. And uh, the best way I can say is like, it's really humbling and really gratifying that people are coming to me already aware of the type of work that I do. Like, it's really great 
And it makes my job just that much easier because, you know, I'm developing, you know, clout with people. So if I could like think of a trajectory, it's like going to college was really great and amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily learn the business part of it. Like that was something uh, that I okay. had to do research on my own, having con- conversations with people and just figuring out, okay, I'm an artist. How am I going to get clients? <laughs> and um, a big part of it, I like to consider is like offline marketing, meaning yeah. marketing with people in person, having conversations and then online marketing and then having the two be cohesive, like where you can find my work easily online you can find me easily online and then you can connect with me easily too i I never want to make it difficult for people to discover my work purchase my work or consult with me and that was uh some of the feedback i got recently from a major client that you know i'm doing editorial work for there Mm -hmm. we love the fact that you're on linkedin and it's made it easier uh, for us to hire you and get in touch with you and you know like there are artists that we've worked with before they don't really have a web presence and I knew having a web presence and really building that up was going to be important in terms of getting work and getting recognized. And I really like being able to go into these different spaces and, you know, my reputation precedes me. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. offline marketing and the online marketing has really made a world of difference. And I'm always just looking at ways I can improve on that and, like, get even more clients coming to me and just uh, do more consultation um i'm really looking to pivot into artist development like working with other artists to you know show them the ropes of you know just being uh, on social media or even managing that for them too like you know kind of talking about the nfts and things like that yeah i created nfts for other artists because you know, now I a lot of research what is that. an nft i know what yeah. an nft is yeah. but i wonder what my audience was for nft to please tell everybody sure definitely uh, so the best way I can describe it, uh, it's called a uh, non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. And I think of it like as a marketplace. And in terms gotcha. of the NFTs that I create, it's uh, digital art. It's uh, animation for the most part. And you are going uh, through a marketplace. Uh, the marketplace I use is called Voice HQ. And they're based mm-hmm. in New York. And you are buying a limited edition piece. I sell, like if you think of it like um, Pokemon cards or a uh, rare yeah. basketball card, uh, I sell pieces that are like one of one. I sell pieces that are like one of a hundred. So if you get one of my editions, it's really clear uh, what you're buying into. Like, are you getting something that is going to be bought and then discontinued? Or are you getting something that maybe there are 30 other editions out there? And what attracted me in NFTs, I think, is... Um, just how amazing the artist community is with NFTs. Like I've done uh, artist collaborations and I haven't really collaborated with artists in the sense of, you know, creating a piece of art together. It's more been like if I've curated art shows or something like that. But uh, being in the NFT space, it's really cool where, and this reminds me of something I worked on recently for uh, Mm -hmm. Earth Month. Uh, we created uh, what was the biggest NFT collaboration on this specific platform. So it was like me and a ton of other artists. We would illustrate one part of this illustration for Earth Month to raise awareness and you know be able to you know create an illustration that was uh, you know just going to look really great for this platform as well. And it was really cool because like we had talked uh, through this uh, channel, this Discord channel, and everything online. And we had a general idea of what each person's role was going to be, but like the synergy was like really amazing. Like I illustrated, you know, for my part, it was like a, a deer, a few birds that were like in the background of this forest. And then every time an artist would build on that. And then by the end of it, like we were ready to create this NFT and put it up for sale. And, you know, we got some sales off of it and everything which was great. And what I love is that the sales were divided evenly between all the artists like revenue in the NFT space is like really cool because you can get, you know, these automatic royalties, like somebody really buys from you. And if that uh-huh. decides to resell it, that artist is going to get revenue as well. So that was one of the main things that attracted me as an artist, you know, because if I'm selling a canvas, you know, I'm getting that profit up front, but you know, I'm not going to be able to get any additional profits 
if that person that buys it from me wants to sell it to, you know, say a family member or, you know, somebody like that. So automatic royalties is great. The community is really cool. And then just being uh, an artist, like at the forefront of, you know, what they call Web3 and the metaverse and everything, where like you'd have your artwork in a virtual gallery, you know, getting to that point is uh, really cool. Like I love how nuanced everything is. And I had been looking for uh, ways to really capitalize off of um, my digital art. So like mm -hmm. going backward, when um, I started creating artwork prim primarily on an iPad, like not for me so much personally, but there was kind of a backlash where people were like, oh, that's not real art. Picasso wouldn't pay on an iPad. It's like, yeah, he would. <laughs> what are you talking about? He would. Yeah, he, he would. would. Like, it would be amazing, too. <laughs> <laughs> All your influences will love yeah. the technology we have right now, but I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just interesting how people perceive art. So uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the first person in new haven that was picking up this ipad and really like marketing themselves as an ipad artist and you know that resulted in you know a little bit of an uphill battle like if i was printing my work on the canvases mm -hmm. it was also like educating people like what the value was like oh this canvas is a one of ten or it's a one of one and i print my work here and there um i, I think i want to have a showing um at a anchor spot, which would be really cool because I have these paintings I've done. Of oh, nice. Because I know the owners really well, too. Oh, right, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, but I think primarily I enjoy being virtual. I enjoy selling NFTs and you're getting a... So yeah, let me talk about the value of NFTs. Like if you're mm -hmm. buying an NFT for me, I like to have like collector's items. So it's not just like you're getting an addition or something like that. Maybe you get a time-lapse video on top of it. Like maybe you get, you know, like something behind the scenes where I'm talking about the piece of art I've created. And not only that, but like people that are buying into NFTs, they get to develop a relationship directly with the artist. They're not necessarily going through a gallery. Like you can reach out and, you know, talk to the artist, network with the artist. And like, like how did you create this kind of piece, for instance? Um, mm -hmm. So I really enjoy that part of it too. Like, and I've bought some NFTs from some of my artist friends and it's been really cool to just empower them directly with a purchase instead of like buying through a gallery and maybe only get a cut of it or something like that. Whereas, you know, for this voice platform, I'm able to buy into their work and they're getting like 90% of the profits, I think, something like that. But like, it's like really amazing. And then, like I said too, like the residual profits uh -huh. over time, like it's really great to be an artist in this space and, you know, just be able to have all these opportunities. New Haven is such a great city and a good platform just for, you know, prospective artists and people just want to get, you know, into anything creatively. Um, do you feel you are in a renaissance, a brand new renaissance now when it just comes to, you know, just people getting, going out there and just with, with artwork? Because I see a lot of artists and a lot of painters in New Haven always collabing with one another, always, piggyback in not in a bad way but in a yeah. good way and yeah. it's just like great networking for everybody do you feel it's a great time right now to be an artist in new haven connecticut oh absolutely and i, I think one of the things that's helped create this renaissance you know has been covid and you know the fact that we yeah. this pandemic and just shut out from people where you know we can't really interact the way that we would like to you know covid's not necessarily gone but, no, you know, we, not at all. You know, no, not at all. <laughs> but it's, you know, we have things in place where the vaccinations and stuff like that, where we can yeah. interact with each other and have in-person relationships. And I think that's just helped foster creativity. Like, I mean, I know that's definitely fostered creativity for me as well, uh, just where I have different collaborations on the horizon that I don't think they necessarily would be happening or like happening with, this sense of urgency without mm. you know, something like COVID just taking away things that we, you know, take for granted. Yeah, so, yeah I think that so plays true. a big factor into it and, you know, just kind of seeking out people to work with because like a good collaboration like feels amazing, whether it's like coming on to a radio program or mm -hmm. like creating a piece of art with a fellow artist that I respect. Um, like there's just so many things that can lead to great 
pieces of art. And I just try to think of it like, you know, it's great being a New Haven-based artist. Mm. And that doesn't mean I have to work in a silo. Like there are all these other amazing people doing great things. Like of course. we have to compete with each other. Like we can collaborate with each other and just uplift everybody. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, with that time away, you know, when everybody was like secluded in their homes from March 2020 to like a little bit of 2021, mm -hmm. um, did you see that just like a playground, just like just to draw different stuff and just to practice for yourself, like different kind of paintings? Because this is a repeated question I always ask different broadcasts, like every creator I talk to. Um, they have so much fun when they go out there, you know, because it was it was it was a dead space. They don't know if they'll ever get this opportunity again. Uh, yeah. Just I just want to know from your experience, um, did you go out there with the paintbrush or with the iPad and just you know explore and have your imagination just run wild? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question too. Mm. Um, so I think before COVID, mm. my iPad I considered like a travel buddy, whereas like if I was traveling overseas or whatever, I would bring it. And then I would be creating art while I was over there. You know, I took this huge trip to Europe in 2017. Wow. I did London, I did Paris, I did the South of France, um, Barcelona, and then uh, Lisbon, Portugal for like the layover before I went home. And I created like what's probably my favorite body of work. And it was like everything that, I anticipated that it would be like where I'm meeting people every day, like every day I'm going out and I'm creating artwork and it's just like so much fun. Whereas with COVID, it was more like internal. It was like, I wasn't really connected to people. Um, I mean, I was connected to people virtually because I was still networking, stuff, but not really so much in person. So recognizing that it was a time for like internal work and reflection and everything. I took a lot of time to experiment, like experiment with um, animation and storytelling and working with different kinds of clients and just things like that. Really taking the time to hone my craft and recognizing that this was like, I guess you could say like uninterrupted studio time where it's like, I don't have any events <laughs> that I necessarily want to go to because, you know, that's, that's also part of it, you know, going to events and network and stuff like that. Yes. Like home. It's me, my iPad. Uh, I'm making work. I'm like, for the most part, I was work for myself, like making the, the comic books and the different illustrations and the portraits that I was working on and just honing in and focusing in and just getting stuff done. Like it was definitely an amazing time period for getting a lot of things done, experimenting and just seeing what I wanted to do moving forward as an artist. And it's great here on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige. Our partner in crime, Easy Blues, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, is not with us on Behind the Brand today, but he will be us, will, uh, if I can barely speak, he will be on the next episode of Behind the Brand. Um, we got Raheem Nelson of Raheem Nelson Art with us on the show. Um, Raheem, tell me about the collaboration with Frank Brady. How great was that experience? Oh, <laughs> I could say it's like a constant collaboration between me and him. That, that is my brother. Awesome. He is an amazing dude. And I love uh, how much he's grown as a person. Like, I always joke with him. Like, every time I see him, like, I call him the, the mayor of New Haven because, like, he, <laughs> he knows everybody. He's super connected and yeah. he's also super personable. So I don't know if he wants to get into politics or anything, but, like, he definitely has the right personality for it. And he's just a really good dude. And I think my collaborations with him have taken many different shapes and forms. Like, uh, for instance, I have this skill called uh, graphic recording. And graphic mm -hmm. recording is me, the artist. I'm going into meetings. I'm creating infographics live on what's being said in like a keynote presentation or something like that. Uh, Frank, you know, gives a lot of uh, public talks and he's an educator. Of so he had one at Wilbur Cross a few years ago and I went out there and, you know, I created this infographic while he was speaking and I did a few more, you know, in the few years to follow after that. So one thing I want to like to be doing more of is like working with somebody like Frank Brady where they're speaking and then I'm in the background creating this infographic that captures the main idea of uh, what they're talking about. So that's like one thing that comes to mind. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind is uh, this 
I think it's like um, an offshoot of his main brand, uh, mm. FEB Media. Okay. Um, so like FEB Media encompasses videography and photography. And I've really noticed his photography and videography taking off. Like he got into it, um, I think a few months ago, like in the summer, uh, has a nice camera and everything. And just despite having like the equipment to, you know, create this vision, he, he, he has a unique photography and videography style. Like that's what I'll say. Like the way he interacts with people and uh, connects with people, that comes through his photography too. So like when I look at his photos, I'm like, okay, like you definitely took this. I'm like, I know you took this because of the way you're connecting with this person with the camera. So like it, it takes a lot of talent, I think. And he has a, a real knowledge of self where he's able to have this come through in his photography. So like his uh, relationship to photography and how he works with me is similar to how I work with Lee. Whereas like if Lee gets new equipment or wants to try a new technique or something like that, like we'll get up and we'll do it. And it like benefits both of our brands. Yeah. And same thing with Frank and I. And uh, Frank, like he'll, he'll take uh, videography and photography like at, at Jazzy's and everything. Yeah. And yeah. he took this amazing photo of my wife and I um, at Jazzy's. And we were just like enjoying dinner and everything. But like, it's just like this really cool candid where like I was on like IG or something like checking out my uh, view count or like one of my reels. And then my wife was actually looking at the camera. So I'm like this. And then like, she's like focused on the camera. I'm like, this is like perfect. It's like, we're always working. We're always networking. We're always, you know, looking how to just uh, push the needle forward. So like, you know, Frank was really able to capture that, which is really cool. Now, Frank um, is really known for uh, working with youth and working with a lot of kids. Um, Tell me about your experience just uh, working with youth because their minds and their imagination is always uh, 10 times incredible than an adult's because like an oh, adult, yeah. you forget like, like certain type of stuff with a child, that imagination is right there. How great is it just working with just like different kids and just picking, just looking in their minds and seeing what's going on? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I work with kids in a few different capacities. Okay. My day job, I work as a paraprofessional for James Hill House High School. Awesome. A self-contained resource room with special needs kids. And I absolutely enjoy uh, doing that. Um, I work, I used to work one-to-one -one with the students, but now it's pretty much like I work with different kids in the building. And it's been really cool seeing how creative that they are and how resilient they are too. Yeah, pretty amazing, you know, because kids have to deal with stuff every day. Of so course. Me, as an educator, what I try to do is just lead by example um, and not just through the art, you know, like as a, a black man in America, I really like to um, embody sophistication and somebody that is going to persevere. And I do that, you know, with the way I dress and the way I carry myself, you know, being mm -hmm. a is something that's really important to me so you know I pretty much nine times out of ten like I will go to work in a suit and tie and for me that's like another art form and that's like something the kids have really picked up on too that's like I'm dressing the nines like Monday through Friday and like sometimes I'll even like turn that into like a fashion illustration where like I'll have my mainstay pieces that I like to put together and then so that'll be something that I remember oh this got me a lot of feedback and this got me into a certain meeting or whatever so like I'll repeat that you know like I'll have something that I wear to work because I know it's gonna garner attention respect and feedback and if I have like say a job interview with a client or a, you know new prospective business I might like pare something down it's like having a plaid brown suit versus like just a charcoal suit and a charcoal tie and a white shirt it's like different types of clothes for different venues so that's something I really try to consider you know when I'm going to work and just what the kids are going to be absorbing you know I'm glad that I can inspire them that way like one of the kids asked me like oh why do you wear a tie every day and to me, it's just like a, not only a symbol of respect, like you respect the job, you respect the workplace, but you respect yourself too. 
You know, I try not to go to work without a tie. I mean, if it's like a cocktail event or something like that, all right, I'm probably gonna lose the tie. But like, if I'm at work, like it's gonna be suit and tie. Like that's just how I carry myself and how I present myself. <laughs> that's cool. Um, what has Rashim Nelson not done in his career? Rashim Nelson. Nelson, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm loving the conversation. I'm so in tune. I'm sorry my words. I'm happy to be corrected. I love being corrected. Okay. What have you not done in your career that needs to get done? Because I really feel you have so much to offer on New Haven. You're very welcome. Um, for some reason, I think I think Paris is on my mind, like to do okay. something in Paris. Like I traveled there, I created artwork there. Like I've never had a show there. I would absolutely love to do that. Um, so experience I'll tell you about, like for that 2017 trip, uh, I met some friends out there. Uh, one of the friends was like a tour guide for me. And he was, I believe, the cousin of a client that I had, uh, you know, before I went on the trip. And so it's like the, the last night um, I'm, I'm leaving Paris, going to be going to Barcelona. And I forget where they took me. They took me by the water. Mm -hmm. And so I just saw like this really beautiful scene that I had to capture. So like, we're just chilling and everything with like <laughs> me and two other friends. And like, I just sat down right there and started painting. I was like, all right, you guys got to give me a minute. I'm like, I'm not just <laughs> and it was like, I think I probably spent like 15 minutes on it. And so like they came over with me, they were just watching me paint. And it was at night too, it was just amazing. We just seen the Eiffel Tower at night, which was really cool. Oh, wow. Peeking over my shoulder, asking me questions like, oh, why are you painting this and blah, blah, blah. And as I'm looking back at the work now, I don't think I really so much realized it then, but like, everything that I was like absorbing from like going to the Louvre and all these other museums was being reflected into the work I was creating right then and there like really impressionistic like kind of exaggerating things to just make them stand out in the painting and really taking on being um not a French artist but like adopting French philosophy into the work I was creating and really being respectful of that. Cause like, I, I don't I don't travel anywhere without being um, respectful to the culture. And I think that's why, you know, people responded to me while I was out there. Like I didn't have any problems, you know, in, in France, you know, like I, I hear the stereotypes and stuff like that, but like, I just went with an open mind. And so I would like be going to museums. I would like go to the cafes after that. Like I would just be painting and then striking up conversations with people. And so like these friends I made out in Paris, I think they just really picked up on the fact that like I was really appreciating culture and really uh, appreciating um, expressing my love for the culture through my art. And that happened to be like um, the, the night before I left, you know, to go to this other place. And so that, let me actually pull that up too. Uh, you know, so you just an idea. That piece is called Last Night in Paris. And I actually turned that into an NFT also. It's like one of the first NFTs that I put up there on this platform, just because like it meant so much to me as um, a piece of art. And it was a moment in time that it was just like so unique and so special, like creating artwork in this place that I had wanted to go to since I was a kid mm. and then being around friends too. So like it's just the culmination of a lot of different things. Now, Time is, is slowly approaching to the end of the broadcast. I wish we yeah. had a little bit more time to talk to you because I feel yeah, we just yeah. got just a little bit of layers in this onion. But mm -hmm. um, like we always close out the show, um, just a little advice for any prospective artists out there who wants yeah. to go somewhat similar path you are on and any way to find you and any, for, and any events coming up. So this time is yours for the last time of the show. Go right ahead. Great. Uh, so I'll start with uh, the advice uh, for young people, for prospective artists. Um, first piece of advice is like, just don't give up. Like you of course, never want to like give up halfway, so to speak. Like you find your voice, find what's important to you, find what you're passionate about and know that it, it might take time. You know, like things 
go through a lot of iterations, a lot of changes. So, you know, just, just stick with it, especially if it's something you're passionate about. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for like, just seeing something through, like, even if you're not hundred percent in love with it, cause you know, who knows what is right around the corner. That's true. Um, That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, where people can find me, um, RaheemNelson.com is the website. That's R-A-H-E-E-M Nelson.com. Uh, on Instagram, I have uh, an account for my art, uh, fashion, and style, uh, style uh, photography. So the art is Raheem Nelson art, style, Raheem Nelson style, and then Raheem Nelson photo. And those are the best ways to find me and connect yeah. with me. And for the events, let's see, I have one coming up the 27th, it'll be with the Ely Center for Contemporary Art. I'll be doing a talk on NFTs and my journey and experience with NFTs, specifically using Voice HQ. And that will be uh, from 6 to 7.30. It's going to be on, uh, I believe, 51 Trouble Street, which is where the gallery is. And on the 28th, you can catch me uh, participating in open source. I'll be creating a digital mural uh, capturing everybody's experience from the event. It's called Afrocentric. It's going to be uh, in the Shelton Avenue area. You can definitely go online to find out more information. And the event is called Afrocentric. So I cannot wait for that too. We'll be doing some things back to back. Raheem, thank you so much for being part of the broadcast. Um, I learned so much and I hope to get you on the show again. It was a great experience, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, Preston. Definitely. On WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven, this has been Behind the Brand. Thank you. Oh. Wondering what to write about, trying to figure out what it's all about. Excellentialist, am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Spending time all alone, sending my songs to the phone Dreaming of a better home, we while focused on trying to hone This craft, witchcraft, I hope the Brujas let this last